Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My next guest on the Sandro Forte podcast today is Sam Dunlop. Sam is a 33-year-old accountant entrepreneur who has been voted Businesswoman of the Year for Kent in the United Kingdom. Sam has flourished at just about everything she's done, trained accountant, practice owner, and founder of a recruitment agency. In addition, Sam has been working with job centres in Ashford and Folkestone in the UK to help fast-track people back into work using her contacts in the business world. It's like a form of philanthropy. Um, really, really great to have you on the podcast today, Sam. Heard a lot about you. Anybody that's been the businesswoman of anything definitely deserves a spot on the podcast. We want to learn lots from you today. So thank you for joining us. Great to have you with us and uh, looking forward to hear what you have to tell us about this extraordinary rise to success at such a young age. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, and everything I know about you and, and have learned about you so far, you're, you're very modest and humble, and, uh, but have, have achieved some amazing things. So we'd like to kind of do a little bit of deep diving into all those things, if that's okay. Um, so for those people, Sam, who don't know you, uh, maybe haven't reached for Google search yet and, and looked you up, I'm sure they'll be doing that by the end of the podcast. Just a little bit of background, if you don't mind. You know, where did it all start? How did you end up in business? Hopefully, we'll dispel some myths that accountants do have personalities. You know, uh, where did it, where did this journey begin, and, and where are you at right now? Yeah. So um, when I left school, I actually went into an apprenticeship for hairdressing, um, something that was totally different to accountancy. Um, accountancy wasn't really something I was um, interested in straight away in life when I left school. Um, I left school due to being bullied, um, mainly because I had red hair. Um, I was intelligent compared to the other peers in my class. Um, and I felt that leaving school at that time was the best thing for me. Um, so I basically got a job as quickly as I possibly could and jumped straight into hairdressing, um, which is obviously something totally different. And it kind of went from there, really. I done my qualification in hairdressing I got very bored it was I realized very quickly that it really wasn't something I wanted to do at all and at that point I um obviously I was then once I qualified I was then at the age where I could actually legally um work full-time um so I went into insurance and then from insurance then went into departments like finance accounting departments and things like that and that's where I picked up that actually this is where I want to go down the career path that I'm in now um I stayed doing finance for quite a long period of time I moved around from different companies gaining different experience um I've worked for tax return companies I've worked for hospitals I've worked for self-employed people um so I've kind of worked for various different groups of people just to gain different knowledge um, and it all kind of spiralled when I had my first child. Um, 
she's now nine and I decided that I was going to do my qualifications to become fully qualified myself and then um yeah again just stayed in different businesses and things like this to gain more experience gain different knowledge from different um different people that I was working with and then I went on to have my second child and that's where it really stemmed um I decided that I was not going to go back to work for someone else mainly because to be honest it I wasn't getting paid enough I wasn't getting paid enough to support my children pay for nursery every parent has that balance of trying to find ends meet with nursery working hours things like this so I thought right I'm not going to go back I'm going to go and work for myself so that's what I did I started off on my sofa um doing tax returns with my iPad um then obviously once I'd done one someone then recommended me to someone else I then had a couple on my table I then had a few more a few more a few more and then um once the self-employment um so the self-assessment dates were finished I then got recommended to businesses rather than just self-employed workers and that's where I then decided to take on businesses monthly um help with their payroll their VAT um all their bookkeeping bookkeeping needs really um to support their business financially um and that's where I've kind of got to today I've just expanded slowly but surely from just me being on my sofa breastfeeding my baby with the iPad to <laughs> to having a practice of my own with members of staff so yeah it's it's expanded quite quickly I'd say it probably expanded over about two years um which isn't too much of a bad time scale to be honest and I think I think well I probably expanded at the wrong time really because obviously Covid hit as well um but I used that to my advantage because I had so much knowledge I thought of Covid from what I was getting from HMRC websites and obviously looking at all obviously the news what was happening and the grants and things that were coming out I used that to my advantage to then share my knowledge with the other businesses that were thinking they would struggle or were already struggling to help them through the pandemic. Do you know what? As I'm listening to you, Sam, I'm thinking, gosh, there are so many things that that Sam and I have in common, so many things that resonate. Um, Going back to the time when I had twin children and uh, on the first day I opened my office, I'll call it an office, loosely described as an office. It was actually a converted garage. And I was... um, I was on the phones in an insurance business of my own with, you know, uh, one twin being bounced with my left foot and one twin being bounced with my right foot, um, you know, with absolutely no guarantee of success uh, or any kind of outcome. But the one thing I determined back all those years ago, very long time ago now, was that no one else was going to tell me what I was worth. And, and that was clearly something that you, you know, made a determination of uh, several years ago. Um, I have to say, you don't look old enough to be a, a mum of uh, two children, especially with the eldest being nine. And I'm and I'm loving the nails, by the way. I think that's uh, I did did get a quick glimpse of those. Unfortunately, uh, no one will know what I'm talking about because they can't see you. But in in time to come, they'll see you on YouTube, I expect. But yeah, they, um, Sam does have a a lovely set of nails. Um, can I just take you back? Uh, probably wasn't expecting to ask you this question, but I was aware from the research we've done, Sam, that bullying was a bit of an issue for you. And I'm, I'm going to raise this subject simply because 
we do get quite a lot of listeners from around the world who raise the subject via email on the subject of bullying. You know, they're either going through it themselves or their children are going through it and they find it very, very difficult. I was bullied at school. I was, you know, I didn't have red hair, though your red hair is lovely. I was um, somewhat overweight. I was probably wider than I was tall. Um, and uh, unfortunately, things changed. But I, I found a particular way of dealing with bullies. How did you how did you deal or did you not deal with, with that aspect of your... I, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how to deal with it. And I think, to be honest, I got away quite lightly with it because social media wasn't a very big thing back when I was at school. I mean, I left school 16 years ago. So that's obviously a long period of time now for social media to expand and things like this more people are on social media there is not one child that's at school age that probably hasn't seen social media or isn't on social media so I think I got away quite lightly compared to what bullying is now uh, but I didn't know how to deal with it I would literally just lock myself in the toilet at break time and just sit and read my book and eat my sandwich or whatever I was eating and then I'd just run back to class when the you know when the bell went and I'd be the first out to get the bus to go home um, as soon as I left school, it was fine. All the people that I was playing with and hanging around with in my local area where I lived, um, I never experienced bullying. It was just mainly at school. So as soon as I got on that bus, I knew that I was like home free for the night, you know. So, um, yeah, I didn't deal with it very well at all. But that's because I didn't know how to. I just kind of hid away. Um, I think a lot of children now, it upsets them. It obviously gets to them. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to have their birthday parties. They don't want to attend birthday parties. Um, you know, all these different things. And I do think social media has have a, has had a massive impact on that and the way kids are looking at it nowadays. I mean, obviously, from what you read in the papers and on news and things like that, there's so many young suicides happening. The suicide rate is increased massively and that's mainly down to bullying and I think that's how we deal with it and I think the main cause of bullying is social media now mm. yeah I, the other thing I, I'm going to pick up on on something you said a little earlier Sam is and I'm paraphrasing forgive me but you basically said that you know COVID comes along in the middle of this expansion of your business but you turned you didn't use these words but what you said was that you turned a challenge into an opportunity. And that that took the, the form of really understanding your subject and where people would reach out for help and support and knowledge, you were able to give it to them. So on that particular subject, would you say that looking for opportunities within challenges has been part of your success? Because, you know, there are lots of people who, and I don't think we've ever determined on this podcast over three years, what success is and what failure is really. But um, let me just categorise them as success and failure for the moment. Uh, would you say that a lot of people sometimes really struggle to identify opportunities and act on them, most importantly, whereas the successful ones, the ones that manage to transition from one place to, a uh, to another in life, are the ones that really do kind of spot those opportunities and then do something about them? Is it, Would you put a lot of your success down to that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I could have sat there and thought, you know what, we're in a pandemic. It's coronavirus. No one knows anything about it. We're all kind of just following the government on their ridiculous guidelines. We're being told to stay indoors. Um, I could now sit here and just look after my children, not knowing where my income is going to come from. 
or I can use this to my advantage and still continue to grow my business. I think if I'd gone the other way, I wouldn't be where I am now because a lot of my growth came from COVID. And I think obviously where I expanded my knowledge more on obviously the opportunities that I could at that time, I was then able to help businesses. Then obviously word of mouth escalates what you're doing for that particular person in business. And then obviously that's where you gain more customers and clients. Um, I think I could have obviously gone a totally different way and just stayed on the sofa and, you know, caught up on my Netflix shows. But you have to be concerned about where your income is going to come from as well, you know. And I wasn't going to fail with something that I just started. I wanted to succeed and there was no way I was going to fail. Mm. One of the other things that I've uh, I've read, Sam, that I, I, again resonates with me. But I want, to, I want to ask you about this because I think of all the guests we've ever had, you're probably the only employer who has looked to go down the apprentice route, bringing in apprentices, whereas other people would probably play it quite safe. They'd look at a CV and say, you know, I want somebody who's got 15 years experience, has got all the qualifications, whereas you've kind of uh, taken a bit of a risk, if I can put it like that, to, to find people with raw potential that you can then mould in the way that you want to. Um, to develop them. I, I think I read a statistic that says something like a third of 18 to 24 year olds in this country at the moment have lost their jobs in the last two years, um, whilst others are struggling to find employment. So I guess my question to you is, why on earth would you want to, and this isn't a provocative question, but why on earth would you want to take that level of risk when it's easy to play safe? Because I like the challenge of teaching someone to live up to my standards and some, instead of someone else's. I could have quite easily recruited someone off the street um, through a job agency or anything like that who had multiple years experience. But yet again, it wouldn't be to my level or on my connection. I had to find someone that I was able to mould to me and my business and that's what I wanted the challenge of wow so what what would you say do you find as as benefit you know I, I understand you you know you want to mold them and develop in them and, and raise the standard bar are there other are there other benefits to taking on apprentices what are the challenges that you find with with taking them on you'll find with, uh, with apprentices obviously they are very young they are have just left school so you've got the disadvantage that they technically have no work experience whatsoever they have not worked in an office environment they have not worked with other members of staff um, they don't have any work ethic whatsoever so that's obviously the downside you are basically taking someone from school and putting them in an office to do a job for you that's basically what you're doing but on the plus side you've got that chance to give them that experience you know um I've got an apprentice now, Lily. She, I could honestly not see my business without her. She is the, one of the best decisions I've made um, in the growth of my business. Um, and I can't see her not being with me now. I really can't. Oh, that's lovely. Shout out for Lily. Well done, Lily. Um, do you think, therefore, that in, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well-trodden path when we talk about demographic and, you know, the younger kids of today and they don't have the same work ethic that we had all those years ago and they don't have the same standards. 
from what from what you're telling me, that isn't necessarily true. Is do you think that, that there is a kind of a an ignorant perception that just because people are younger, they don't have a good work ethic, that they are not able to work hard, that they're not able to adapt and and learn and mould themselves to a fabric of a particular business. Is that your experience? You're always going to come across younger generation that is very used to. I'm trying to word this correctly now. Um, you know, then they're, they're not doing very well at school. They're kind of truanting all the time. They haven't got that whole mindset even when they're at school. So that then obviously tallies over to when they're outside of school. Um, so you are obviously going to come across a kind of generation where they don't want to learn and they don't want to be in education. So therefore, by taking on a job young, they're still going to be in that education to a certain extent they might find themselves wanting to stay at school until they can leave and then just going into a normal job with no more education because they don't wish to educate themselves further. However, obviously with an apprentice, they're already in the understanding that they are going to continue their education until they're qualified. Um, And I think that obviously you do come across people that do want to do that. They don't want to be at school for whatever, whatever reason that is or they feel that they have got as far as they can. And they do want to still learn and educate themselves, but they want to do it in a slightly different way. And that's obviously where they would go and find an apprenticeship somewhere. Mm. Have you had, um, difficult to ask a 33-year-old this question, given that you know everything you seem to have achieved so far has been successful, has led to a successful outcome. What about the setbacks, Sam? You must have had a few of those along the way. What happens when things go wrong and how do you, how do you deal with them? How do you put them right? <laughs> I love the honesty, love the honesty of your answer. <laughs> yeah, I panic. I'm, you know what, I'm just the same as everyone else, you know, like there's going to be times where you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, I've got this massive gas bill, where the hell am I going to pay that from? You know, there's, there's always times like that you're going to find, even if you are successful, you're still going to sit there and think, oh my God, look at that, they've raised my council tax again. You know, like all these different things come from nowhere. And there's always been setbacks. There have been setbacks myself, you know. There's been times where, I mean, I've only been, I'm only 33, but I've moved six times already in my life. And I only, let, I only actually left my parents at 19. So I've moved six times. I have got two children, one of them being nine, the other one um, coming up to three. So, you know, it has challenges. Having those children to work around as well, I do find setbacks because I'm not able to work as many hours. So therefore, I'm, I find myself, well, I did at the beginning, I was very backlogged with work, which then obviously became stressful. And then obviously when I'm on my own, I'm thinking I've got no staff. I'm just relying on myself to get all this work done. It then goes into nights. You're then having sleepless nights. You're not getting enough sleep. It then rolls on to the next day. You know, so I don't deal with... Um, pressure overly great, you know, greatly, you know, um, I, I struggle with pressure, but then I've realised that if I organise myself better, then pressure doesn't really happen. Yeah. See, the thing, the thing that has made this podcast, I think, very popular, certainly from the feedback we've had, is that the, the people we have as guests, and, and you're, you know, a great example, Sam, is that they're all real people with everyday struggles and challenges, and it hasn't come easy. And And growth isn't a straight line, you know, in an upward direction. There are setbacks along the way. And I guess, you know, one of the biggest setbacks or challenges, I should say, um, is being a mumtrepreneur. Let me phrase it as that. 
So how do you how do you balance being a mum of two young children with running a business? I mean, that in itself is is very challenging, I guess. How do you get the how do you get the balance right? Or have you not cracked that nut yet? I have well, <laughs> I'm never gonna crack the right balance because obviously there's always challenges with children. They're always growing, they're constantly growing, actually. You know, they're always into different things. Like my three-year-old, for example, she's currently potty training absolute nightmare I would not you know if I could just give her to the nursery full time to potty trainer and come back done I would but it's just not you know that kind of stuff doesn't happen in real life so you know there's always challenges with the children but I always make sure that when I'm at home with them I am actually physically and mentally there with them you know they get the time with me um, on the weekends when I'm closed, I always make sure that we, you know, we go to the zoo or we go for ice cream, we go to the park, all these different things, because it's really important for me to spend time with the children as well. And I think during COVID, we've got so much time together. Um, I mean, the youngest, you'd probably say she was more of a COVID baby than anything else, because obviously she's only coming up to three. So a lot of the time we've spent at home, she's got used to me being around permanently. You know, and now she's she goes to nursery full time. The eldest is at school full time. So, you know, I think it's all about making sure that you're spending the time with the children. But you're also mentally there as well. So you're engaging with them. You're spending the time with them. Um, we do all kinds of different things. You know, we we build tents in the house, in the lounge and we watch movies and we get the snacks out. And, you know, we do all kinds of different things. But I think it's really important that we spend time with the children when you know, when I'm not working. Yeah, give them those memories to, to treasure for all of their lives, never go away. What, Sam, what advice would you give to someone looking to start their own business as, as you've done? Again, we have a lot of listeners from around the world who say, thinking about starting my own business, don't really know how to get out of the starting blocks. Uh, do I need lots of money? Do I need lots of expertise? I've got an idea, but I really don't know where to begin or I doubt myself or conditions aren't right you know they they don't tend to be questions they tend to be more excuses you can kind of see them a, a mile off but what you know for people who've got an embryonic idea or who believe in themselves what advice would you give to people looking to start their own business is there are, are there any golden rules i would say don't don't run before you can walk don't get yourself in debt i would always start off small i'd make yourself a business plan you don't have to go to someone qualified to do your business plan you can do that yourself you just need to have more of like a goal board of like what you want to achieve say within the first three months and move to six months 12 months and go on from there it doesn't need to be very big but it needs to be very structured and make sure that you're hitting that you want to you take advantage of all the free things that are around you know um social media is free but you can advertise on there so you're getting free advertising things like that so there's lots of different things that you can do that is actually free um that you can do online there's courses that you can do online as well in the evenings there's school um school colleges um that they do at night so if you've got children you can then do it in the evening when they're asleep you don't have to get yourself in debt or anything like that when you're starting up a business just making sure that you're very structured you're staying focused and obviously growth will come you just need to be persistent brilliant advice Tell us about Businesswoman of the Year. How did that come about? I was nominated by um, some of my customers for Kent Women in Business. Um, and I literally got a phone call saying that I'd been nominated. Um, so it was very exciting. 
I then um, had to complete a form about myself and my business. That gets sent off to the judges and they the judges then obviously pick the winner and the runners up for the category. Um, and yeah, there was a, the awards night for this. Um, oh my God, it was so scary. <laughs> I think it was, because it was one of my first awards night as well. So, you know, it's black tie of red. I think I was more concerned about what I was going to wear and what I was going to look like than anything else. And then when you turn up, I think that's when the butterflies, you know, start coming in and you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, there's so many people in here. The, the, the room was packed and I'm thinking, oh my God, someone said to me, don't forget to prepare a speech in case you win. And I thought, I'm not going to prepare a speech because I'm definitely not going to win compared to all these other people. So I didn't, I did not prepare a speech. And then as we were going through the categories, my category came up and I thought, no, my name's not being called. You know, I don't think I've won this time. You know, we'll just let that sink in. And then it was when my name was called, I thought, oh my God, I haven't done a speech. <laughs> So there's me trying to walk across this floor with my floor length dress, trying to make sure I don't fall over and walking up these stairs, concentrating on my dress, not tripping over my dress. And um, I thought, oh, my God, I don't have a speech. So I, it was a pure wing it moment for me where I just stood up, done my little speech, thanked everyone and got off there as quickly as I possibly could. But do you know what? It was an amazing experience. It's such a good networking experience as well because there were so many fantastic women in that room, so many fantastic businesses. Yet again, small, small SME businesses, medium-sized and larger ones. So everyone mingles together. It's a great network experience to gain confidence as well, I think, when you're talking to other business owners and see what they're doing and things like that. Um, it gives you good advice and tips for the future. Good. And tell us about your business now then, um, Sam, your PFS Limited. What, what do you do? So we range from all various different answer services. So we do self-assessments for self-employed workers. We deal with CIS, the construction industry. Um, we deal with small businesses um, with regards to their VAT returns, their PAYE for their staff, um, as well as their end-of-year accounts as well. Um, and we also help businesses with regards to employment contracts and advice on sick pay maternity pay and things like this um so yeah we do we do various different things to be honest um we're not just an accountancy practice um we do help the businesses where we can um to obviously expand on whatever they need to really wow you are uh, you clearly are um an exceptional mum entrepreneur, I would, I would <laughs> say. And, and no, no more plans for kids, or are there going to be a whole bunch of I'm not of sure. More? I'm not going to say no, because I love the whole baby, the baby thing. You know, it's yeah. when they get the, the baby smell. I love the baby smell. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't be that. I'm just thinking, it's like, it's tomorrow's new set of apprentices, if you have a few more. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Cheap employment. <laughs> um. How do you, I mean, this is, a, this is a tough one to answer because no one's ever really defined it, I don't think. But how would Sam Dunlop define success based on your experiences so far? I think it's based on confidence and persistence. There's always that thought in your head about failing. Everyone goes through it. Everyone experiences it. Everyone has thoughts about what happens if I fail. I think it's just making sure that you put that to the back of your head and you're mainly concentrating on how I can make sure that this does succeed 
and speak to people around you. I feel like if you speak to other business owners and things like that to get their experience, get their opinions on things, knowledge is then shared, um, which obviously you can gain a lot from. Mm. And uh, this, is, this is a tricky one for you to answer, I'm sure. But um, if I were to pull all of your staff into the corner of a room and said, you know, what, what makes Sam a really good boss? What makes a really good business owner and a leader of people? What do you think they'd say? You know what? I'm not actually sure. I'd like to hope that they, I think they'd say I'm quite down to earth. I'm very, you know, um, girl next door, I suppose. You know, I'm very down to earth. I'm very streetwise, you could say. You know, I'm very, I'm not, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. I'm not, I'm not, accountants kind of come across very stuck up and things like this. Quite stern. They've got that kind of persona about them. I'm totally the opposite. You know, you can come in here, you can have a chat with me, you can bring me a bottle of wine, all those different things. That's fine. Um, you know, I'm very down to earth. Um, I'm very caring towards my staff as well. So, you know, I do take their needs into account and I make sure that they're a priority for me as my business. You know, if the staff are happy, then I'm happy, then they work harder. Um, you know, if they're comfortable at work, they will work for you. Yeah, it ain't rocket science, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. Just keep everyone happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think uh, I feel the same way. I'd like to think that all of my stuff would run through a brick wall. And, and it is about putting their needs first. And life is a revolving door. You reap what you sow. The more you put in, the more you get out. It is a very basic principle. Um, final couple of questions, Sam. First of all, how do people find out more about you? If you've got a website presence, there's clearly a website. So tell us, tell us about social media presence and website and how we can connect with you. So um, there's a website which is www.pfslimited.co.uk and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at PFS Limited. Okay, nice and easy. Um, is there going to be a book written at some point? Do you know what? I'd love to do that. Absolutely love to. But I wouldn't even know where to start. I think I'd need... <laughs> I'm more of like the middle book. I need something. I need someone to do the middle and the, big, and the end for me. I'll just do the middle book. But yeah, I'd love to do that. Absolutely love to. I think you've got a book in you. We'll, we'll um, you, you've put it out there now, so you've got to um, you've you've shared it with a lot of people. So yeah, I know. To do at some point. And the final Watch question, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The final question, Sam, we ask all our guests is: if you if you could either of your children sit you down and say, "Mum, given all that you've achieved at a relatively young age, uh, all that you will continue to achieve." If there were just one, you know, and and some of the stuff you've had to deal with, you know, the bullying, the the setbacks in business. If there was one thing above all others that you could guide us on and say, this is the rule to live your life by, that is, you know, uh, more important than any of the others, what would that one rule to live your life by be, Sam? Have fun. Don't get stressed out with work and education and things like this. Friends come and go, believe me, they really do. And, you know, you're, you only have one life and your life is limited. You just don't know when it's going to end. So take each day as it comes, have fun um, and worry about the, the, you know, don't take into account all these little worries and stresses that people come across all the time, you know. Just live your life the best you can, I think. Good advice. Really good advice. It's been lovely speaking to you today. Could, um, could chat for longer, but... Uh... 30 minutes is the gig. Uh, people, people seem to like 30 minutes. Uh, they can listen to us on commutes and stuff like that. So, um, Sam, 
thank you so much for being a great guest today. Lots of great tips uh, that everyone I'm sure will have picked up and can now apply in their everyday lives and businesses. Good luck being a mum, growing up you know, with two lovely children and possibly more to come. The book that I'm sure will get written at some point in the future. Uh, to, to Lily and all your other wonderful staff, um, keep doing great things. But thank you for finding the time for us today and, and for sharing so openly, because it's very clear you are a, a very down-to-earth uh, lady, but clearly got some very high standards. And those two things, when combined with a little bit of fun, uh, go an awful long way. And, and you are a living, breathing example of, of what success looks like in, in business. So well done. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck for the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you to all of us for listening from all around the world. Nothing never ceases to amaze me how many new listeners we have joining us every week. So keep spreading the word. Talk to friends and family and business colleagues. Uh, we'd be very appreciative. Do remember to leave those reviews on iTunes. If you've got a question for Sam, you can, of course, contact her direct or you can email us. It's hello at sandrospodcast.com. Don't forget the little uh, uh, S in the middle. Or the address in the middle of at Sandro's podcast if you go into social media to find out more about the podcast. And finally, do connect with me on uh, social media. It's at Sandro Forty or The Real Sandro Forty on Instagram. Uh, thank you again to Sam Dunlop. I'm sure you agree. Great guest. And we have another one coming up this time next week. So until then, have a great week and we will see you then. <laughs>